This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. Well, there's an old saying, the only thing you need to play this game is a chip and a chair. But to sit down and win against the best, you need a whole lot more. Poker actually isn't about winning and losing. Poker's about making the right decision. You gotta know when to call, when to fold, and when to push all in. When luck shuts the door, you gotta come in through the window, and that's where the skill comes in. You gotta have the courage to bluff, but you gotta swallow that pride, and you gotta throw your hand away when you know you're beat. When you're really on your game, you can look your opponent in the eye, and you know if you've got him, or you know if he's got you. It doesn't matter how good you are, everything can change when those cards are in the air. We don't stop playing because we get old. We get old because we stop playing. That's poker, folks. It's with a heavy heart that we announce the passing of Doyle Brunson. He was a beloved Christian man, husband, father, and grandfather. There'll be many more, or there'll be much more to say over the coming days to honor his legacy. Please keep Doyle and the family in your prayers. May he rest in peace. That's a statement that was passed along by Brian Bosba from the Brunson family. Our thoughts and prayers obviously go out to Todd, Pam, and all the other surviving members. Very unfortunate day for our industry. Mm -hmm. Tough one. It's weird. I was, uh, you know, chatting with a lot of the, the, the OGs, so to speak, reaching out, trying to get... People to call in, uh, kind of give their past history with Doyle. And I think the first sentiment every one of them shared was, we knew this was coming at some point, but it's still so difficult to, to kind of palate because the guy just seemed like he was immortal. And in a lot of ways in our industry, he will be immortalized, you know? Mm -hmm. It's uh, my first experience with poker as a whole, pretty much, or at least No Limit Hold'em was Super System. I mean, Same. yeah, at least for the, sure. The second one, yeah. That was the first first poker book I ever bought. You had the hardback. I had, yeah, have the that the, the the real one. The real, the, the, the one from Rounders. Two, the one from Rounders, except mine was black and not gray, but it was the hard hardback cover. When I got that, it was like holding the Bible. With I the used to read it, it on the bus on the way to Atlantic City. Yeah, I I I read mm -hmm. that book cover to cover probably a dozen times, mm -hmm. maybe more. It, it was like ritual. I mean, we didn't have all of these tools available to us when we were coming up. So, like, that was the only guidance my generation, the moneymaker boom generation, really had. And I must have read that book cover to cover no fewer than a dozen times. Certainly Doyle's chapter on No Limit yeah. hundreds of times. It became ritual where when I was grinding online, I would have Super System in one hand and rounders on the TV in the background. <laughs> Uh, and I can remember vividly, uh, you know, I, I was playing like small stakes, party poker, sit and goes and, and things like that. Uh, there was, a, there was like one particular player where I remember he just like ripped all in with a, with an open ender or something like that. And I remember typing in the chat, like, Oh, somebody else has read super system. <laughs> yep. It's like, you know, we, we just, aggression is not inherent to anybody in this game like risk risk aversion is pretty you know natural 
And uh, I think Super System really turned that on its head, where it was like, look, you don't just have to flop the nuts in order to want to put all the money in the middle. Right. There are all these other hands that are kind of worth a lot, and sometimes you can get people to fold. Right. Now, that was, I think the big part was like, it was the aggression, but it was everybody else is not playing this way. And they're, they are all risk averse and they are going to fold. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like the, the first introduction to uh, having a, a master class on how to bluff, how to win pots uncontested. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the original redliner. He was. He really Imagine. was. Yeah. Man, I would love to see his redline chart like back in the. the and they were like 1971 yeah rounding through uh through texas oh my god it, it's it's a weird <laughs> uh it's a weird juxtapositioning to be the most aggressive player at the table who uh you know is willing to just smash it all in with a draw or, or mm-hmm. whatever but then at the same time call ace queen a trouble hand <laughs> <laughs> yep but it's like i get it right because uh you know think about it, it's it really truly is like one of the best beginner books uh when you think about it even maybe still to this day because it really does sum up how low stakes No Limit Hold'em is played, right? Ace-Queen is a bit of a trouble hand at like 1-3 where mm-hmm. stacks are kind of shallow and people are, are tend to be um, closer to the top of their range when all the money goes in. Right. So it's like if you can carve out these ways of having the, the low cards, you know, the, the idea of like uh, they'll never see it coming because mm-hmm. they're all playing high cards right. type Soon of thing. connectors, baby. <laughs> Man, he got an entire generation... To overvalue seven high. Mm-hmm. Just all of us <laughs> massively <laughs> punting. Five four suited was your favorite hand. It for still him. is. It still is, yeah. It still exactly. is. What a great hand. <laughs> I mean, See, mine, was, mine was uh, six five suited, so I just always had you dominated. Right. Well, that's the tortoise in you. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, exactly. I don't want to are... get crazy with five high, but six high. Right, right. Let's yeah. go. Some of us are trying to come from behind, you know. <laughs> um, yesterday, obviously, as the internet tends to do, People began to memorialize Doyle, mm-hmm. and we saw some uh, serendipitous moments. One including Ben CB, who is at the final table of a 10K online. Whoops, sorry, that's on me. Uh, and he he played a hand dedicated to Doyle with the old 10 Dewey under the gun. You know what, chat? For Doyle. For Doyle. I don't mind punting it off here for Doyle. Man, online is so slow. (laughs) Love, he just clicks it back with the the (laughs) 10 high, no drop. I would have been this amazing. I hope he doesn't have a queen.
Let's go. The show's the best. <laughs> you got to. You got to. Then he gets aces the very next hand. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> As he should. Yep. Rewarded. There was another hand uh, in Triton. They had a moment of silence for Doyle, and immediately thereafter, uh, th this like it's almost feels scripted. It was because it was the suit. It was the ten deuce of spit. You're talking no, about no, no, no. Well, that's not why it happened specifically. He had two and a half big blinds. Okay. And he's in the big blind. Yeah. With ten deuce suited. Right. Uh, gets to see a flop. Uh, I think he maybe he started him with three big blinds. Whatever. Uh, calls a min raise, sees a flop, and it comes like you know, uh, nine eight deuce or something like that. Gets it in versus jacks, mm -hmm. and then just drills the ten on right, the river. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It didn't work out for Patrick, but that hand specifically, right. you know, did. Very, very serendipitous. Mm -hmm. It's nice whenever uh, poker kind of presents these moments to to pay homage. Uh, I never had the pleasure of playing with the. Have, have either of you? No. Nope. No, no not. Uh, I bought him dinner at Applebee's once. Is that actually true? Yeah. <laughs> you bought what? Him many, at many years ago. I was sitting at the bar. Okay. I was with uh, somebody I was dating at the time, and. I was just kind of fanboying because I saw him in, on the, um, there's like a little stairway that goes up towards the bar and he was sitting there, I believe with his wife. And I didn't have a bunch of money at the time, but I thought, man, this would be really cool to be able to buy his dinner for him. So I bought his dinner. Um, he actually came up to the bar and said, thank you. I took my picture with him. I was looking for the picture too, but lost in the ethos. But mm. yeah, super nice guy. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that he's just... Got just chilling at Applebee's, <laughs> getting some... Uh... Him and Bob Bright have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know... You don't have to eat fine dining every night. Well, That's true. You know, Applebee's kind of is. I love a good Applebee's once in a while. God, my little brother used to love Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of it. First time I ever saw Doyle, um, it was my first trip ever to Vegas. So 2005, and um, it came out for the World Series. We're going to play one event. I think it was like a 2K or something. Uh, I actually came up with like the Johnstown boys. So it was like, I think, Justin and John Catula, Chris Hartwiger, um, maybe even John Ford was there. And uh, it was crazy because it was like, you know, the height of like the poker boom was just starting. And then, you know, we just getting into poker like seriously. And we just start seeing all the legends, right? There's Negranu and there's, you know, all, all, the, all, the, all the people you, you would see on TV. And then I'm like, where's Doyle? Like, I, I want to see Doyle. And then before you know it, here he comes zipping around in his scooter at the Rio. And it was like, it was like magical like it's just like oh my god that's the greatest poker player to ever live like it was just wild just seeing him in person for the first time but no i never got the chance to actually play with him um but nice to, to give him some of my chips yeah <laughs> Which uh, I'm sure yeah he would take there, there's a handful of people that were like kind of larger in life the first time i saw them i remember the first time i saw hellmuth he was like wearing a black trench coat like off in a corner somewhere looking like <laughs> Batman. And I'm just like, this yep. guy is on a whole nother level. But Doyle was, uh, Doyle had a very different presence about him because uh, I think, it, it's funny, I got asked this question in an interview uh, this past week uh, about the airball wrap up and whatnot. And uh, the, the question was like, who are your poker influences? And I kind of like dodged it a bit saying, well, you know, our era doesn't really have that because, um, you know, we kind of grew up in a time of TV poker where everybody was more of a personality than mm -hmm. uh, somebody to emulate. So it was more that we wanted to trade places with them than to actually like, you know, 
mimic what it was that they were doing. Yeah. And a lot of the mimicry uh, that, that was taking place was all online. So, you know, you'd, you'd watch the guys who were crushing, you'd see the Mormons and the Boosted Jays and the, and the, um, oh man, Kevin Sauls of the world. It'd just be like, oh, I want to be an aggro. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the thing to do. Um, but the truth of the matter is like Doyle did have a big influence in how I personally built my game, right? Like again, Super System was the first book that I read. Mm -hmm. It had a major influence over me. And there was a point where if I were watching online, or sorry, if I were watching uh, uh, televised poker, I found myself rooting for him. Yeah. It's hard sure. not to, right? It's like watching Babe Ruth somehow still in the league way past his prime. Mm -hmm. And he, but the difference was is that like Doyle was able to compete and compete right. uh, pretty well in yeah. that era of uh, pre-Black Friday. So I think that like, I think it's easy to forget 20 years removed uh, how much of an impact he had. And taking that even like a step further, I don't know that any of us are here, moneymaker included, right? Like the, when you think of the butterfly effect that, that Brunson had over all of this, it's, oh, it's really pretty remarkable, mm -hmm. right? Uh, he got a lot of flack for writing that book. Oh, from the pros. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I don't. I truly don't know if we have the moneymaker effect without Super System. Right, and I think the original title was like "How I Made a Million Dollars no, Playing Poker." That's the, another book, I think. I, I think Brian's right. Oh, okay. It's just uh, I'm yeah. only I'm only basing it off of what somebody said in Twitter Spaces yeah, yeah. last night. I'm, but I'm uh, almost positive that was like the original title, and then you know people want to read that. They're like what a million dollars playing playing a card game? Yeah. Right, and then yeah, it just opened a lot of people's eyes to poker and. And then the World Series, and the World Series just kept becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, you know, like you said, like maybe Moneymaker never enters if it wasn't for Doyle, like shining a light on this industry. And then Moneymaker comes in and obviously wins it. And then it goes on to be this other huge, huge industry that it is today. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more to that book than just strategy, too, mm -hmm. right? Like oh, he yeah, speaks sure. so much about the, the old school way of being a rounder and how dangerous mm -hmm. it was what the lifestyle like it really was an embodiment of the tone that i think rounders kind of set with uh look at this cool alternative lifestyle that comes with a lot of seediness and danger yeah. and uh, i think that you know doyle probably helped pave the way to help normalize this as a, a potential career and something that the mainstream media would actually want to get involved in. Uh, I mean, when we look back on it, ESPN covered the main event prior to uh, the whole card cam. Oh yeah, right? for sure. But it didn't really blow up until uh, the Varconi year where Helmuth shaved his head. Mm -hmm. He uh, said, yeah, yeah, Varconi wins, I'm going to shave my head. Right. And he did. Right, so, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'd love to hear from Phil, and I know that he and Dewey Tomko are doing uh, a tribute later on this afternoon to Doyle. Uh, I think it will actually air like right after we're finished. Um, but without Helmuth, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's right. it's this it's this effect where it's like Helmuth at the time was very young and probably never even gets the opportunity to become a champion if he doesn't have an influencer like Doyle to normalize it. You I know? mean, Doyle Brunson was such a big influence that he was on the top headlines of ESPN today. Like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, he's all around influence on the game. And right. yeah, the Pat McAfee show shouted him out. Like, uh, he's just one of those names that I think people 
he's just synonymous with with Texas Hold'em, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that like he's from, I I, I believe he's from either Texas or Oklahoma originally. Texas, uh, yeah. So he's like from that area where the hey, game originated. The Texas Dolly. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Duh. <laughs> uh, and the things that had to happen for this to to be the case too are are, are very like serendipitous, right? Like he was an athlete who got drafted by the Lakers and was going to play professional basketball. So had it not been for the injury, he probably never goes down this path either. Shout out to Lee Jones uh, for the super chat. He said, super system including Karo's uh, correct math totally changed the game. I have original hardback. It's $50. Uh, Doyle was seminal in all of it. Yeah, it, it, It's really funny because uh, I, I almost mentioned that um, that when you said I had the hardback and I still remember I paid $50 for it. That's right. I, I, yeah, exactly. I have a feeling 50, the price is going to go up. Price is probably going to go up. Um, but yeah, what a, what a I, I like waiting for that book. Like once I ordered it online and just like, just like, you know, back then, I don't know how long it took, probably a couple of weeks to get right. it. Right. Yeah, just yeah. like waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. When it came in the mail. It was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's, uh, I have so many copies of it, and I, I was trying to find one for the show today. I couldn't find any. <laughs> I feel like there's a Super Systems too right downstairs. Probably. Oh, there actually is. I yeah. Think, yeah. yeah, there probably is. Um, we have a few people calling in, but being that they're poker players and uh, <laughs> timing is not their specialty, we're just kind of waiting. So uh, we're, we hope to hear from Law McCarran today. We hope to hear from Boosted Jay. Uh, waiting to hear back from Durr. He volunteered to call in. So hopefully we're going to hear from these guys uh, at some point. If not, we're just going to keep you know, shooting the shit about our favorite memories of Doyle, even though we don't have firsthand experience. Um, I did meet him in passing probably like four or five different times, but much like Ivy, there's no way he could pick me out of a lineup. Right. Uh, <laughs> there were just a handful of times that uh, I was playing the cash game, the No Limit game in, in Bobby's room, and they were in there playing some sort of mix uh one day it was actually pretty recent man maybe like two weeks ago uh he came in i want to say siever was in there too and maybe one other but the game just like never started they just they just like played chinese for an hour <laughs> and then left and it's funny because it's an ongoing joke uh in no limit games when uh you know somebody's like buried or whatever and they're like i have to go to the bathroom and they get up we you know, we joke as they're leaving so they can hear and say, you guys just want to play Chinese till he gets back. <laughs> like, it seemed like that was literally what they were doing. Like, like just playing Chinese, waiting for the whale to come. Yep. And he never showed up. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he was grinding all the way down to the end, as best I could tell. He reminds me of like Paterno in that regard, where it was just like, you can't take the game away. Right. It's like the lifeblood of what's, right. what's keeping him going. Yeah, of course. That's, um, I mean, he's lived... He, breathe poker for probably what 80 percent of his life yeah right? so it's like, i mean he was 89 turning 90 so maybe even more yeah, to be honest i'm right. sure he was in his teens when he first mm -hmm. started gambling yeah Matt, i'm good i just hope i'm at the table you know living life at 85 86 87 yeah playing the game that i love right it's, it's funny like i try to put myself in I think it's impossible to look ahead, right? I think it's impossible. I think back to when I was a teenager, the idea of, or the notion of becoming 40 was just impossible to conceptualize. Everybody <laughs> seems so old at that age. <laughs> and now that you're 40, you don't feel that far removed from 18, right. but you, you feel so far away from 80, yeah. right? So it's, it's really to know 
what life is like um as you as you progress down that path right now as a 40 year old like the last thing on earth i think i would want to be doing when i'm 80 is gambling <laughs> but then you like kind of revisit it a bit and it's just like well maybe that's like exactly what you want <laughs> right. to do exactly yeah. you can't take it with you right you know what mm -hmm. what else are you going to do to occupy your time you're not going to change the world when you're 80 and it's right. definitely like the only like competitiveness like you can get out like it's a like so speak yeah, for yourself you're, you're, i'm gonna be a strongman competition yeah. or some shit you're not gonna what be ever. listen Bert, when you're 85 you're not gonna be on that pickleball court that's, so. that's what you think <laughs> Yo, how old was um what's his name who the guy that played pickleball with us Oh, oh my God. Uh, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Tom was old, man. It was like at least 80. We named the court after him. Yeah, yeah nice. he, he retired and moved to Seattle. Oh, he didn't retire. He's still playing pickleball, I'm sure. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little rainy up there, so he might not get in as many, many matches. Uh, that's, but yeah. that's where it originated. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah, uh, yeah the, orig the origin story is very, very weird, but makes so much sense. Uh, thank you to Daniel Stryker. She says, Burke, trivia, a lot of people don't know. Doyle wrote the precursor, how I made over a million dollars playing first uh, playing poker, first edition, mm. uh, first printing. Okay, so maybe Conrad is right, gotcha. that, that they're two different books. Maybe. Or, wait. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm I, still confused. I'm not sure either. Uh, I'm, I can't remember who it was speaking in spaces First yesterday, but it seemed like he was... Like, I think it was, that was the book, and then maybe he turned that into Super, super system. system. Right. Yeah. Are they both still available for purchase? I do not know. Would be interesting to find out. Um, what do I want to... Oh. Uh, I, wanna, I wanted to bring up his influence over Poker After Dark, which I find to be um, pretty... Pretty unique, actually, right? So, at the time, he was already a staple on high-stakes poker. Obviously, mm -hmm. he was the godfather and still remains to be so. Um, but that was kind of an interesting relationship, right? Because he didn't have any ties to Full Tilt. And I don't know uh, what the backstory is. Uh, I'm sure that there is one. I, I hope that we can get somebody up here who can clarify, but... It seems a little bit unique that uh, he didn't have anything to do with Full Tilt. Well, he had Doyle's room. Was maybe. it already running? That was the part I couldn't yeah, figure I out. Think he, I think it might have been. In my mind, it came after. Yeah, but maybe, maybe not because... Yeah. Um, was he... Was, was Doyle's room up and running during the 2006 UGIA? Hmm. Yeah. I can't that, remember. That it was I such Wild Wild West I, back then. I there know. was a thousand sites. Oh, there really was. Caribbean yeah. poker. Mm -hmm. Mansion poker. I mean, mm -hmm. th there were there were so many rooms. Conrad, you would have loved, you would have loved 2006, man. You could it just was, like it was wild. You could bonus whore over like mm -hmm. a thousand different sites. You really could, yeah. Greg made, people people made made livings. Greg made a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> just uh, just through bonus whoring in 2005. <laughs> That's absurd. He was on like I, I think he was on like something like 24 different skins, and he would just get people to sign up. He would have like a percentage of their rake back for life. And then he also would have rake back on those sites. And so he'd just, just grind, grind like grind. one table per yeah. site, get all this rake back, playing like, you know, 50 cent a dollar. Pretty sick. Just make infinite money. <laughs> it was wild. Um, yeah, there's definitely, there's a story behind Doyle's Room that I'm not, I'm not familiar with enough to tell. But I know that there was something about it where I think he was offered an obscene amount of money right before Black Friday. 
and turned it down. And then, you know, Black Friday happened and ultimately he had to, to close shop. And I believe if I'm not mistaken... It was created... Sorry, it was created in 2004. Okay, so he was around mm -hmm. during uh, that. Act. Okay, it's, that makes sense why he wasn't a part of Full Tilt. Full Tilt came much after. Did Doyle's room turn into something? I think, I'm think i almost positive it's the WPN network now. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not positive. So I think that that was ultimately their exit. Uh, but I believe he had like, uh, like a nine-figure exit... On, or not sorry not nine figure uh an eight figure exit on the table um just before and either they were like mulling it over or he had passed on it and then black friday happened shortly thereafter which you know he did okay for himself but yeah um they said somebody said doyle's room got seized, got seized or, yeah. yeah and then he cut ties with it yeah right. yeah that makes sense or was that cake and yeah, that's pretty wild. Okay, so Lee Jones said, I was at Cake and Doyle's room was part of the Cake network. Mm. Okay, I remember Cake. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that must have been one of the skins. Uh, there, were, there were other... Was, was Locke a part of Cake also? I think so. Might have been. I have a feeling. Mm, it's so hard remember. to remember what was affiliated with what because, like you said, there were so many of them. Yeah. Hold on. The cake. Pretty sure Locke was part of Cake. Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember everybody trying to survive post Black Friday, and like then all of those funds ultimately getting seized. Okay, so it was Doyle's room, players only, sportsbook.com, and Cake Poker. Okay, so not lock. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. Unless they took lock off because of whatever happened off the site. No, no, it was probably its own. Um, but you were saying, Poker but After yeah, Dark. anyway, sorry, <laughs> all the way back to Poker After Dark. So now that makes the story even more interesting, right? Because right. Poker After Dark was a show that was built by Full Tilt. Mm -hmm. uh, the entire show uh, was just driven by ad dollars by Full Tilt. I'm not, I'm not positive that High Stakes Poker was aligned with Poker Stars. It might have just been driven by all of the online money uh, of advertising. But Full Tilt specifically was owned, or, or sorry, uh, Poker After Dark was specifically owned by Full Tilt. Um, not only did he, you know, play. Uh, on the show, but he became a staple of the opening, which you guys saw uh, to to open this podcast, mm -hmm. where it was him narrating the the opening. And I don't know who wrote that. Uh, I don't know how much involvement he had in in the quotes or anything. But it's one of the most memorable, so good one and a half minutes mm -hmm. of poker content that I think any of us have seen uh, to the degree where high stakes poker is the more notable of the two shows. I think. But that intro is so much more memorable yeah. that in my mind, uh, when I think back to that era, I, th I always gravitate towards Poker After Dark, first and foremost. Um, just because of like the way that the cast was so heavily relied on and highlighted, mm -hmm. right? You saw all of the Full Tilt guys that, uh, you know, not only did they play on the show, but they were in the intro, uh, B-roll and whatnot, and then to have Doyle na narrate it, it's just like it, it just sticks out in your craw to to the degree where like sometimes I would even think like oh yeah like that was a segment out of high stakes poker no it wasn't right, right? it was the intro to poker after mm -hmm. dark which is a little bit uh, it's a little strange I guess because it kind of demonstrates how willing everybody was to work together back then at least to some degree yeah right Doyle was running a competing room doesn't care he comes on he plays the show and they were they were cutthroat back then I know. Uh, for quite some time, if you were a Stars ambassador, uh, you weren't allowed to play on Full Tilt. A lot of them had like these secret accounts that nobody knew about. Because uh, you know, screen names would become very 
uh, wide wide known back then, the same as they are now. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa. Um, I don't know if it went the same way where Full Tilt Pros weren't allowed to play on Stars, but I know that like oftentimes they would just have like these non accounts where they would be able to play back and forth. And you would see the nosebleeds kind of crop up with some of these random scream names. It's like, hmm, is that D-Nags? <laughs> <laughs> might be D-Nags. All right, so it looks like we have our first caller. We're going to go ahead and bring it in. Here's some actual first-hand accounts yep. from Doyle. Or about hey, Doyle. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. What's up, man? What up? I'm in a, I'm in a poker game. Of course you are. <laughs> of, course, yeah. of course you are. Why, why wouldn't you be? Uh, Why can I? S- I can't see you guys. Oh, I don't know. You should Hold be on. able to. Um, we were just talking about Poker After Dark and the influence that Doyle had. I know that's where you probably played the majority of your time with him. Maybe not though. Actually, why don't you uh, fill us in a little bit about what that was like? No, I played more with Doyle and Bobby's. I played with him a lot. Too. Um, yeah, I think when I. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I think I was one of the first guys to go from online to live and, and do it right. And uh, um, and I played with Doyle quite a bit, even new games and stuff. And, uh, you know, probably for the first time 10 years or a little more ago. And I remember I was pretty surprised how sharp he was. Um, guy was a legend, you know. Did you did you play any televised poker with him? For sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know what exactly, but for sure a bunch. Yeah. Um. So you have to have heard some sort of stories. Like, I, I mean, look, I, I've gotten to play a lot of private games, and I think my version of Doyle would be Bobby Baldwin, where I just get to hear all of the old stories of the past, and I'm always in, you know, odd how gangster this game used to be do you have any that you could share about doyle yeah i mean i think doyle and bobby there were sometimes they would share some stories um i don't i don't i would want to think a minute i don't remember off the top of my head because i don't want to like get details wrong and stuff sure yeah, yeah i i personally i heard a bunch from bobby also but there were definitely sometimes i had heard from both of them you know like when we're in a game and telling some stories and there was some some crazy shit back in the day I think every story that I heard from from Bobby that either was just about him or involved Doyle as well always had a gun. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like 100% of them just had a gun involved. Well, I think Doyle faked a heart attack twice or something oh for robberies. I don't remember. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think but there's I think like two three. Times... Yeah. Two, maybe three. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I was going to say, I think there's like three notable stories of him talking about getting followed home and robbed. And I think you're right about the, the faking a heart attack as they happen like much later in his life. Yeah, I think two of them, he, I think he had said he faked a heart attack. I don't, you know, I didn't try to ask every detail. Sure. It wasn't the most pleasant story, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was some crazy shit back in the day. What were some of those Bobby Room games like? Because I know that it's a mix between playing, uh, you know, really high stakes and also like really high props on the side. Yeah, I mean, I gener- I played props with them occasionally, but I generally didn't play props um but you know i i know there were sometimes doyle played new games and i was surprised i mean at the time he's probably in his 80s right mm. most of the time i played with him he was, he was like a chart man you know yeah. It, was, yeah it was it was kind of surprising 
Yeah, that's what everyone would say about him. Like no matter, like up and up, you know, up until the end, he was he was still had his wit. He still had his. He was still very sharp. He still could play the game well. You guys, you guys can sweat with me. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> how how small is this game? Uh, five hundred five. Oh, okay. So. I wouldn't answer that, but it's not huge, so I can say. <laughs> you know we're not on a delay, right? <laughs> What's up? I said, you know, we're not on a delay, right? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I don't think any of them trying they're to not, watch this. Doing, it's all right, good. Yeah, nobody watches this podcast. <laughs> uh, when was the first? When was the first time you actually got a chance to to meet and play with Doyle? There's gone into the dirt there. Nitty fold. Brutal, um, brutal. I'm not sure. Probably when I was like 22, 23. And it was um, cash games. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the first because there were the first times I played with him was was the first times I was playing like big live poker going from online. Right. Yeah. So it's it wasn't, uh, you know, there was a ton of memorable experiences at the same time. So I, I remember playing with Doyle around those times. I just don't specifically remember like, oh, this was the first time kind of thing. And was it all like mostly uh, like high stakes, no limit, or were you dabbling in mixed games also? A lot of the games I was playing for the first time in, in Bellagio were PLO. Uh, oh, okay. That was when like Sammy Farah was playing a lot. So we'd have some no limit, some half and half, but a lot of it was PLO. Can you touch on like the am the ambiance in the room when Doyle was in there when you guys were playing? Like, um, oh, um, you know, I think did you see Christy Arnett's story? Yeah, that she posted. I, yeah, I think I I saw some moments like that of Doyle being quite class i also you know saw him tilted at least once or twice um him and ivy would always give each other shit it was very funny um yeah i don't know i'd, I'd want to if i'm not in the poker game i'll think about how to answer that more more That's proper fair. but yeah, yeah i mean i definitely saw a lot of times that the the chrissy arnett type story that he was like gracious like that you know yeah to catch everybody I, up I on what that's <laughs> oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say to catch everybody up on what that story was uh basically her first year as a reporter she pulled him aside was super nervous was struggling with the audio and uh one of his friends was trying to shoo him away to to go do a bigger media interview and he just looked at her and said go on sweetheart take all the time that you need <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's that's kind of just that that sweet understanding of uh you know somebody who's clearly new to the game and uh facing an intimidating figure. Uh, it's, it's a nice way to like calm the, the situation, and I think he was probably pretty good about that. Where, uh, actually, may, maybe you don't want to disclose your location, but uh, are, are you playing a lot these days? No, I'm at, I'm at Triton. Oh, okay, okay. We're in Cyprus. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Are you traveling a lot for these? A, they did a thing, uh, like a Doyle thing. I didn't get to see it yet. I was, wasn't in the room. But they did a tribute thing, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw Antonia's doubled up with 10 deuce right after the moment of silence. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have tried to think of a good story or two. The best stories I have are Ivy and Doyle needling each other in props. And then, uh, you know, because I didn't play 
like a lot of times they'd be playing the other game or something. Um, and I, I think I've asked both of them at the table, like, you know, have you been meeting each other like this for you know ten years, twenty years, whatever? I think the answer from both of them is yes. <laughs> but that's perfect. Anyway, I, sh- I should get back to my game, but yeah. Um, All right, yeah, we appreciate the call in. Thank you so much. Yep. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Hey, Tom. Good to hear from uh, someone from our generation who got a lot of experience with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming in next, I have to DM him. Hold on. Uh, but we're going to bring in Boosted J, who's actually in the process of uh, getting a screenplay filmed about Doyle's life. Uh, and I can't type. Uh, so we're going to bring him in next. We're going to hear a little bit about like what it went into researching the prog- pro- uh, project. Um, any stories that he may have about Doyle firsthand, and then, uh, you know, what we can expect from the screenplay. Get some details out of all of that. There's just a D-Gen, huh? He's, I mean, he's just always playing. There's the fucking I mean, greatest, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's he, just uh, out there. He calls in from 500, not, 500. By the way, he voluntarily right messaged me and said, I'll right. call in about Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- but, but he, like, Durr is going to be like Doyle, right? When Durr is going to be at that table when he's 89. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure, gambling, just living it up, just trying to call in you know, into Twitter in spaces. Bluffing people. And, <laughs> yep. On into Twitter Spaces at 89. <laughs> uh, if Twitter Spaces are still going on uh, 50 years from now, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because I think that, like, I think Daniel's a lifer, but I think his experience is obviously very different than Doyle's. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of had the limelight. The majority of his career was protected, wasn't bringing guns to games and stuff like that. I think there might be a little bit on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to bring in uh, Justin Boosted J right now. What's up, man? How are you? Good. Hey, How are you, man? Pretty good. Just uh, sitting here by the beach. Tough life, man. Tough life. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's nice out yep. there. Doing doing Zoom meetings. Um, although you guys have the not so good background, the the other backgrounds in front of me. No, uh, that's fine. Um, so I think there was a little bit of confusion uh, whenever we had heard about this project that you're working on because uh, I think that there's also an audiobook and then possibly a documentary style film that are both going to be released sooner than later. And in my yeah. mind, you are tied to one of those, but it actually sounds like you're doing a full like blown screenplay. Yeah. By the way, nice, uh, nice cat. Uh, <laughs> that's Chaunty. That's our, he's just here for the views. Yep. Yeah. Um, he looks, he looks like a, like a mini lion sitting on the desk. Like that's, that's what I'm picturing. Like if you had like a mini lion, that'd be pretty, pretty amazing, which he kind of looks like. I love it. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, no, it's true that there's, um, there's at least those projects happening. Um, I'm not involved in either of those. Um, I'm not involved in the, in the documentary or the, or the audiobook. I have, I've got a lot of videos of the audiobook uh, of Dora recording them on my phone because, um, you know, Brian Ballsberg, uh, Doyle's agent, uh, was uh, was was texting them to me, and Dora was actually sending them to me too, just for like more reference points for developing um, the script. So yeah, we're we're doing a movie, like a like a you know, it's a it's a biopic, so it's not a documentary. It's if people don't know it's when you know there's an actor who plays Doyle and you know it's um 
you know, all actors and it's just based on his life. And, uh, and, uh, there's some, some pretty good things, uh, that are happening with it and, uh, nothing that, um, not, not too much at least that, that can be revealed yet, but there's a script already written. And, um, you know, I call, I kind of call it, um, for people who don't really know Doyle or his background, um, you know, I kind of call it Forrest Gump meets uh, Casino. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the blend. I'm in for that. Those are two of my favorite movies. So. Is this something that touches on like his early years? Yeah, yeah. So, um, without going too much into it, is is yeah, kind of that's where the Forrest Gump element comes from. It is, you know, it starts with him in Texas, and then uh, you know he graduates to Vegas, and um, you know that's 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 mostly. But it's kind of split between Texas and Vegas is is where it's set. And um, you know, I, I've I've played a lot with Doyle, and of course I haven't really played poker in a long time now. It's been like seven or even almost eight years um since i've really played poker and um and uh but i, I played with him a lot but you know you, you you hear even someone who plays with him uh, quite a bit like i did like you hear about you just like oh doyle's got tons of stories so like you know your imagination kind of goes wild and you're thinking about like oh what are these stories um so like you think about what they might be and what they might not be. And all I can tell you is that the stories are everything that you think and then everything else that you also don't think. It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's like, it's like, it's like insane. It's insane. How many, how many stories happen to this guy? And, you know, uh, for, for various reasons, I kind of, um, I kind of, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think I was in a, in a unique place to understand it. Um, despite not growing up in the fifties in Texas. Um, I think, uh, you know, there, 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 there's reasons why, but, um, but I really did. And, you know, it's about Doyle's kind of, you know, search for meaning in some ways. And of course, how much his family meant to him and, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's really worth, I, I think it's really a movie worth living. And, and the one thing, the one other thing I'll say is that I think that we're never going to see another Doyle again, not, not just in poker, obviously that's obvious in poker, but like in life, you know, where, where, with where like technology has gone us and how the world's changed, culture's changed. We're never going to see someone spanning the age from his time period to, to now we live in the high tech world, you know, um, it, 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 we, our generation, Matt, I think you're about my age. I'm 35, but you know, we're, oh, we, I we, wish we, we, <laughs> are you, you, you're a little older. I'm 41. Okay. Well, it's not, 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 not bad, but, um, you know, I think, I think we're really part of a, a very interesting generation that we'll be telling our, grandkids and 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 quadruple great grandkids uh, since maybe we'll live that long to to, to meet them uh and uh, i think we'll have a lot of interesting stories to tell them about people like doyle who what was that even like that's like prehistoric times i mean to our great grandkids it's almost prehistoric times to us i mean can we really imagine what the what the 1940s or 50s in texas is with like doyle playing with like pimps and drug dealers and mm -hmm like 
you know, robbers and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's it, it was yeah. like the Wild picture, West. Yeah, but, yeah. His backstory is almost like folklore. Uh, was that a little bit of the impetus behind you wanting to do this or like what, what inspired you to, to want to make this movie? It's kind of funny. I have, I have a note on my phone of all the different, um, movie ideas that I have to make. And, um, the list is pretty deep. Um, I think it's like almost a hundred deep of, 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 of ideas. And I think about five or six years ago, I kind of like threw Doral, threw Doral's, uh, life on there. And, um, I, I, I kind of thought, even though like I, I kind of know Doyle, you know, I was never like super close with him or anything like that, but we played a good amount together, you know, um, in, in different games and stuff. And, um, we were always friendly except for when he got a little grumpy, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, then he would just order some ice cream and cheer up, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, is I put Doyle's name on the list, and I thought, okay, there's no way, probably, I'm not even going to try to talk to Doyle about this because if he wanted to do it, he would have like already done it. Right. Um, yeah. So I kind of just like kept that on there, and then uh, you know, about a year ago, um, I'm. I'm, I'm pretty close friends with a uh, pretty legendary game. I don't speak to too many people, honestly, in, in, in poker and gambling too much anymore. I've got, you know, some friends that I keep and, um, but, uh, I don't, I don't speak to too many because I'm just not immersed in that world. And, but one of the people who I do speak to is not so much a poker player, but he's kind of a legendary gambler himself is, is Mike Svobotny. And, uh, and it goes by Swobo. And he, you know, he won like the backgammon world championship. He's got insane stories. I mean, not like Doyle's in a way, but kind of like Doyle's in a way. He's a pretty interesting person. Uh, if you don't know who he is, um, he's <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and I'm pretty close with him. And, and he just called me up one day and forgot exactly how he had the idea. I think he, met with Jack and Doyle or something. He's pretty close to Jack. And I think they had the idea and, you know, he, he brought me back into it. So like Doyle and I reconnected and, you know, I've got a great partner in movies and, um, you know, we just made it happen. It happened pretty fast. Actually, my partner and I were like in Vegas for the day, like, I don't know, the following week or something. And then we decided what we were going to do. Um, you know, Brian, Fallsworth was a big, big part of it and is, and yeah, it's, um, it was, uh, that's basically the story of how it happened. So was it an impetus? I mean, yeah, the, 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 the original idea was, was, was one that I thought was worth telling, but I, I, it's even better. It's even better than I ever hoped or thought that it would be actually since, since diving in. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I can speak for the majority of the poker community, and just say that we're kind of desperate for this, right? We've gotten to an era where we've we've lost our heroes, and it seems like that TV era is where it kind of cuts off, right? Uh, the Dnegs, the Ivies, the the Doyles, and doing things that will, I guess, highlight them in a specific way um, for the next generation, right? Like I think about Landon, who isn't here today, but 
uh, he has no experience with Doyle whatsoever. He's probably seen maybe one or two episodes of high stakes poker that he was on. And like, that's that he has no idea what poker was like pre-internet, what poker was like back in the day. And, you know, to a lesser degree, neither do we, but Brian and I have played in underground games with Mm -hmm. hitmen and pimps and hustlers and gamblers and bookies and everything of the sort. Right. Uh, I feel like the newer generations are so sheltered from that, that being able to tell this story of how much struggle he actually went through in order to get the game to where it's at today. And you know, how much thanks and gratitude we owe him for, for building this space for us to all be in is a story really worth telling. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hear everything that, uh, that you're saying, you know, that, that makes sense. And I saw someone else, someone tweeted or something. I saw I think yesterday is, you know, he did, he did that for like, you know, 70 years or whatever, which is pretty yeah. incredible to really Wild. be committed to anything in 70 years. I mean, we're living in the day and age where everything happens so fast. Yeah. Before we get you out of here, is there uh, any one story in particular you have uh, to tell about Doyle? Uh, I don't have any amazing stories myself with him. Unfortunately, you know, all of them were at the table for the most part. I mean, you know, yeah, I think the best stories are going to be in the movie. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's a, that's a good cliffhanger to leave us with. (laughs) Excited to see this. Yeah. We're all looking forward to it. Uh, appreciate you so much for calling in. Thanks a lot. Cool. Hey, hey, Gordo. Hey, what's up, man? Nice (laughs) to see you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump off. I hope you're well. Yeah, my question. <laughs> All right, Gordo. I got to I got to hear it from the horse's mouth because you uh your experience with with Doyle on Twitter really opened my eyes to his sense of humor. At least I hope it was his sense of humor unless he truly hated you. Uh But either, uh, yeah, either way we're here for it. Was it. A sense of humor. Um No, no, it was. He's a yeah, he's a really funny guy. Um and, uh, and yeah, our little Twitter interactions obviously were, were good. He was the best to play poker with of anyone I've ever played. How did all of that come to be where uh, he started needling you via Twitter? Also, by the way, respect to the man in his mid to late 80s getting a part of the Twitter meme game. <laughs> oh, dude, that selfie that he sent, by the way, I, I mean, I, I was dead when I received that. <laughs> I also, I love that it has the, uh, like the famous Bobby's room photo in the background. So you know exactly where he's sitting. Right. <laughs> right. So good. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He was, he was sharp as can be up until his last days. Obviously he had the hang of Twitter. He had the hang of gambling. Um, yeah, I don't know. He'll be missed. Pretty sad day. How how often did you play with him? I assume often enough that he thought you were a mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, we played... I played... There was a period of like four years where I basically came to Vegas and played, you know, the higher stakes, WSOP events, and then otherwise just played Cash and Bobbies. Um, and then I think the way that our like sort of rivalry started was... I, I, I was a little green at mixed games when I jumped in and I went on a pretty big rush to start mm-hmm. off. And uh, yeah. You know, Doyle, uh, Doyle was a little ornery about that and let me know both uh, in person and on Twitter that I was the mark. And um, and so, yeah, just that kind of relationship developed. I mean, he likes to talk shit. I like to talk shit. You know, it was uh, it was all friendly and fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch from the sidelines. And I I only know you as uh, a tournament player. Or I only had known you previously as a tournament player. So uh, it was 
especially interesting to see from the outside looking in because you had incredible results. So I, I just assumed you were going in there and holding your own. But when you describe it that way as, you know, a grizzled old cash game player myself, there is nothing on earth more insufferable than somebody who's like coming in for the first time, maybe taking a little bit of a shot, just splashing right into your environment and sun running through it. Yeah. Like well, collecting that's, all the been, that's been my experience with mix my whole life. I did it in San Diego too, for the most part, where like, I don't, I, I came up playing PLO cash when I was younger Yeah. and then just that kind of disappeared. That wasn't an option for me. So I jumped into this like high stakes game in San Diego and sun ran and kind of got the hang of it. And then, did it again in Vegas for the most part, and Sun Ram eventually came down to earth because that uh, that Bobby's Dream game is tough, <laughs> a little yeah. too tough for me. But I, everybody, uh, everybody seems to speak of it that way. It, it has a certain allure to it, uh, and I wonder how much of it do you think will be kept up now that Duel is gone? Uh, I mean, it's 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 certainly a different thing. Like um, the experience of playing with a guy like for me, like the the two guys that really you know kind of gave me that like. Um, that like shiver down my spine, whatever excitement, nervousness, and poker were playing with Doyle and Ivy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Ivy still plays pretty regularly in that game, but uh, but Doyle, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just sat down and it was like I was I was just playing with a guy that I had kind of idolized growing up, you know, and watching on High Six Poker and all the World Series broadcasts. And yeah, it's just there's there's not really those sorts of characters in poker anymore. It's like you know, you got to give respect to the. Uh, I don't want to name any names. I don't want to like you know drag anyone in the uh, high stakes no limit scene but it's just it's not the same like it's it's hard to relate to a guy like uh you know whoever studies the solvers and smashes live now right yeah yeah. than it is to relate to like a charismatic guy that like came up kind of slinging his own and uh and and doing it you know kind of like in a charismatic way yeah i i think to your point um nobody's on untouchable anymore except for exactly ivy i think uh and doyle had that Doyle had a bit of that legacy to him, right? Not only, not that he was unapproachable, because I think that's part of what makes Ivy Ivy. Um, But but more so that, like, he had spanned the decades, and you just knew that he came from this hustle culture in the 50s and 60s where there were guns on the table and lives on the line. And we'll just never, ever be able to relate to that. I mean, Doyle is, like, his death kind of hits in a weird way because he really is one of like the last of a dying breed of these guys that came up in like the Texas, you know, road gambler days where like being sharp wasn't, wasn't getting at, I mean, he was a fantastic poker player. Don't get me wrong. But part of being sharp was like understanding your edge in every situation, whether it was kind of a slimy edge or a legit edge. And, yeah. um, and, you know, and that just doesn't really exist in the modern day world. And there's all those like, leftover traits of his that were so funny and like interesting to watch when we were playing he's got all these like tricks about like being able to palm a chip when he's like sliding out a stack like he'll count down a second 20 and slide it out and then like palm two off the side not not that he was doing that when we were playing but it was just like you know one of these like leftover relics of those days yeah yeah I, i do think that um from an entertainment standpoint that stuff is absolutely priceless but there's also some value to it in uh him being so sharp as far as to like what to look out for too yeah absolutely i mean um he definitely turned me on to some stuff that i would have never imagined and that still goes on in the modern day you know people slashing chips short the pot all this sort of shit that uh if you're not really careful the table really adds up in the long run and um yeah yeah and our generation is so green to that but the generations to come are maybe even tenfold 
yeah, of course. I mean, I, I guarantee there's people have like no clue how much is in the pot when they're playing a big hand, all this stuff, you know, don't right. take the time to count down this sort of stuff. That's, that's really like a leftover of an older generation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'll be, he'll be sorely missed for sure. Did you ever play big bet with him as well? Or just, just the mixed games? I mean, there's big bet in the mix, but no, I oh. never played like us. I never played like a straight PLO game, but I mean, there's, there was always Nolan and PLO and Nolan and Deuce and all the mixes. Yeah, I, I know for a while they um, and I don't I don't know if he actually played in this game or not, but I know like Ivy and Seaver and a few others were playing where it was just a big bet mix, um, no cap. And they, oh, the, they, the one that runs around Marcus. Marcus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's okay to say. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, it for sure. Is. Uh, I talk about Marcus a lot. He's he's yeah. honestly one of my favorite human beings in poker. Yeah, I think I know. I, I've never played that game. That uh, that game is a little too big and with too many games. I've just uh, I've never taken the time to learn. Yeah yeah well fuck man i appreciate you calling in uh, i'm glad we were able to hear a little bit of the the humor side of doyle and uh i appreciate you sharing your experience with him yeah for sure thanks for having me on thanks a lot well, man. The cat, by the way this guy is so <laughs> regal <laughs> he's marley's cat but uh i don't think she's getting him back yep. yeah, he Sorry, very much our home. cat now yeah he, he's mine now <laughs> well yeah anyways i enjoyed the podcast keep going thank you man thank you. thanks mike see ya see ya uh, for anybody who hasn't seen uh, Gordo and and Doyle's exchanges throughout the years, it's it's worth googling Did for he? sure. Good. I feel like um, didn't um, uh, Doyle comment on Gordo's picture of him? Um, wait, what do you mean? Didn't Gordo make a picture of? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a drawing. Fuck, how can I forget that? <laughs> Man, where were you at three seconds ago? I mean, I didn't. I, I wasn't sure. And I didn't uh, want to, yeah, like. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, there was like legendary back and forth throughout one of the summers. I think it was like two, 2018. Yeah, it had to be like three, four, four years ago. I think. Yeah, yeah, where, ago. where Gordo and him were just going back and forth on Twitter for, for <laughs> days. It was, it was incredible banter. Uh, I hope it resurfaces soon. Uh, we have another call in. The legendary voice of the WSOP, Lon McCarran. Hey, how are hey, you guys doing? Good how are you doing, Lon? I'm a little sad today, but doing yeah. okay. Thank you. Yeah. We were, we were afraid you were ghosting us. Uh, no, I saw your note last night, and uh, you were going to send a note at noon. I didn't know we were starting at noon. Apologies. Oh, Sorry. That's, that's on me. That's definitely on me. Uh, yeah. well, first of all, how, how have you been? <laughs> how are you holding up with all this? I know that you probably have more experience than anybody else in the world at, at calling Doyle's action. <laughs> well, you know, Doyle, Doyle, I, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. You know, I mean, the whole thing with, uh, with his passing, obviously sad. It, it's like a parent going for me. I've lost both my parents and, and it's just there. Like, like I mentioned in my tweet, they're, they're always there. But it's something that, you know, you, you, you know, it's going to happen, expected, it's supposed to happen. And then when it does, it, you know, hits you like a, a ton of bricks. So, mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I, I look back and be lucky. I, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but you know, I, I called Doyle's last bracelet back in 05. It was a long time ago. Uh, and he really wasn't playing a lot of tournament poker at that time. Um, but then he heard Johnny Chan had won his 10th like a week or so before and, and Doyle found it in him to, to beat a very difficult field and, uh, and win his 10th. So, 
uh, always been an honor to be in his presence and to be uh, part of his world um, and just to to recognize what he was, you know, I mean, he, for us in, in the TV business, he moved the needle. And early on when we were just getting rolling, you know, it was our job. Uh, we, as a whole production crew to, uh, introduce, uh, to this brand new audience, a new world of poker fans who, uh, Dora Brunson is and was, and, um, it was an honor and just, you know, he moved the needle. I mean, it, and for us to try to, you know, tell his whole story in a one hour show is impossible to do. And, uh, just glad to be, you know, a small part of, of really what poker, uh, has become because of Doyle. I can't believe it's all the way back to Oh five that he won his 10th. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like in my mind's eye, it was that long ago ago. yeah yeah i agree that's how present he is i mean when when you think about it matt i mean he obviously he is you know the beginning and end of of texas hold'em for all of us and um i was thinking about this the other day and it's like as old old as doyle is you know he said he always felt young playing poker and um but he has spanned generations and you think of doyle and so I got to know him and I got a little bit and know uh, Dewey Tomko, one of the guys he ran with and, and Amarillo, of course. Um, and that just seems like so long ago. And then Doyle is jousting with all the new players and the anachronism of Doyle getting involved in, in online poker when it first started hitting, it was, it was really weird to see mm-hmm. Doyle's room and Doyle playing online after, you know, online poker was so new. And then to hear the stories of Ben Lamb was telling yesterday, um, Dora was a, a tremendous golfing gambler. And, and so, I mean, just to, to have like the really old guys and then the newer guys also talking about their experience, uh, with Doyle. And he was so, um, so present for so many years. Uh, it just seemed like, you know, the guy was always going to be here and you know, that's never going to happen. Yeah. He had a few sweats at number 11, right? And I feel like one wasn't all that long ago, unless my memory just doesn't oh, serve it, it me. was his last cash actually in the world series. He had, uh, I, I was there that night. He had I'd taken some pictures of him and in, in the Rio and this cowboy hat on. He had a, he had a blanket all around him and I was taking pictures because it was his loyal Doyle. He announced his last tournament, which I, I think it didn't end up being, but he final tabled uh his last cash at the world series of poker i think it was like three years ago yeah, so, yeah that's right <laughs> that's right i i do recall yeah. that um what do you think as far as the wsop moving forward goes uh w- with regard to memorializing doyle in some sort of capacity i mean the best i understand the history of poker he was really a, an integral part in even getting the world series off the ground with uh w- was it jack binion at the time or Benny Binion, Jack Binion, right? Yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely was. I mean, they they tried to get it going the, the year before it all started. Uh, not far from me, uh, I live in Northern California near the Nevada border, and they uh, actually the first kind of gathering happened in a in a hotel area on the river in Reno, and then they moved it to to Las Vegas uh, the following year. Um, yeah, he was integral in everything right to the end to the hall of fame members and to you know what's going to happen and and whatever i wanted you talk to jack up and say what are we doing well you know well we've got to figure out what doyle's doing is he coming in i don't know if he's coming in so i mean you know the energy changed when he was in the room people shifted mountains to have doyle involved 
you just knew it was there every time he busted out in our early years of doing the world series, you know, it was just, you know, standing ovation for Doyle. And, and it's really nice. I, I feel really good about um, the poker world and how they were able to honor him while he was still alive, while he was still playing poker. And he always was playing poker at his height, it seemed. Um, so, yeah, I, he, he had a big say-so in a lot of stuff, I think, and a huge influence on the movers and shakers uh, in the poker world, especially the World Series. How, how would you feel as somebody who's also been a staple of the World Series for as long as it's been televised, uh, some sort of memorialization moving forward, maybe uh, alongside the main event bracelet is, uh, you know, a, a Doyle Cup or something along those lines. It, it only seems right from my perspective. Oh, well, you got the Chip Reese trophy and one of his best friends, you know, for yeah. the PPC Poker Players Championship. So Also very would, fitting, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so I would think it something and they're scrambling i'm sure today you know in right. caesar's offices to figure out exactly what to do and you know you're always going to think it's not enough but um to have something that's going to be there year after year i think is important because you know he's not not going to be forgotten but uh for the people that you know are coming up and they want to who was chip reese and then there's somebody that would tell the story and um and there's always something more to know and uh you, you just have to do something and, and dora wasn't just world series the poker of course you know every every uh tour around that he wanted to be part of he was an important part of it so you know world series should you know they they will take the lead i think just because of the timing um but i wouldn't be surprised if other tours do the same thing as well yeah but i think he meant to the world series what like mike sexton meant to the wpt right like he's he's mm -hmm. a founding father of it uh it, it truly never gets off the ground without his influence and his dedication yeah, to agree. it for decades absolutely there was that yeah that core of guys there um and you know they pretty much decided what was going to be happening and once they saw their baby was off and running they could let the let the leash off but i don't think he ever you know, quite let go of the leash a hundred percent. Right. Uh, but you're right. And I, I wouldn't, I haven't talked to you know, or, or Jack, uh, uh, in, you know, the last 24 hours, but I would imagine, yeah, there's going to be something going on. Do you, uh, I, I know you've gotten the cause action a lot, so you probably kind of get to reminisce a bit whenever, uh, you had the, the, the pleasure of it. Are there any particular stories or, um, you know, little tidbits about Doyle that, that maybe you've shared on there before that you'd like to share again? Yeah, actually, actually some pictures are going around, um, from when we introduced, uh, Vince Vaughn as the master of ceremonies for the, yeah. for the world series of poker uh, a couple of years ago. And so I, I got a call, uh, it was a little before one of the main event days was going to start. And, um, I got a call, from i think it was maury escondani our executive producer and i'd heard you know they wanted me to in at a certain time okay so then i get a call i'm in the trailer back in the production area it says come out to the the feature table area okay so i go out there and norman's already there along with vince vaughn and phil helmuth and doyle brunson sitting at this table and they want me to sit down and and play like a 20 minute sit and go uh just to kind of introduce Vince Vaughn and and Doyle was sitting right next to me, right on my on my left, um, and 
I was scared shitless. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. And we started playing, you know, and the blinds are up like every three hands or something like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, a, I bumped him off a hand B I, he had ace queen, which his story is an ace queen, you know, Trump, whatever Norman has bad as to say about ace queen. I'm right. Jackson, <laughs> he popped an ace and I flopped the Jack and, and I took all his chips with pocket Jackson. Oh my God. <laughs> but before that Doyle, and we're going around and I raised him again. I, I was not going to let him get away with anything. I thought, I, here's my moment, you yeah. know, and, and I, um, you know, I looked, I raised and I looked down and he looks at me and, uh, he kind of nudges me with an elbow before he folds and he, he flashes. He didn't show anybody else. He flashed 10 deuce. And folds. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so that's, a, that's something. And you can see it, uh, you know, there's a few photos hanging around. Um, on Twitter today that just, oh gosh, my face is just in awe uh, and just thrilled to death to be sitting elbow to elbow with this guy. And yeah. it was something I'll, I'll never forget. It was fun. Yeah, he really is truly so ingrained in the culture, in the game itself, in the community. I, I can't imagine a world where he's not completely immortalized moving forward. I mean, if nothing else, like... The seven deuce game has to turn into the ten deuce game, yeah. right? Like th this just has to become a staple. Oh yeah, there's people calling to tribute, uh, throw tributes this way all all summer long. <laughs> you know, playing ten deuce. So, yeah, you, you're not? gonna have to factor that when you're playing in the World Series this year. You're gonna have to factor that ten deuce is gonna be in people's ranges now. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it is gonna be a race for who or for which hand has more money lost with it uh jack four over the last six months or ten deuce over the world series oh we can we can only the only, the only good thing about this is maybe it'll get rid of the jack four crap yeah, yeah. there you go yes <laughs> yeah I, I, I think that's very fair uh it, it's probably time to put that one to bed mm -hmm. <laughs> uh yeah so it's it's um like I said, whenever and when he won his sent bracelet, the way our schedule worked, we were just hanging around the whole summer. Uh, we had certain events scheduled to record, uh, which would later become one of our, our shows, edited shows uh, later on. Um, and then if something broke, we we because the whole crew was there, uh, kind of on standby, it was like okay, we're we're dropping this event you know, this, this limit event somewhere yeah. and Doyle, you know, is at the final table. And so we're able to, to move on the fly. And so that wasn't an event that was on our radar. And then, you know, we saw the final table and we saw Doyle and, uh, yeah, it became, became history. So he was just that kind of guy. I mean, uh, to, if he was around, you know, it, the energy in the room changed, everyone knew it. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough in my career to, to be around, uh, Willie Mays, Joe Montana, Wayne Gretzky, Muhammad Ali, and just Doyle had that same presence where when he walked in, it was just a little pause, <laughs> everybody, and like kind of get a look at him and see what's going on, what's he going to say. And uh, he he never came off as the guy who was getting that kind of attention. I think he understood it. He understood his place. He wielded, as you mentioned, the whatever power he had for decisions and all like that. But he did it in such a gentle way. You really, when he spoke, you kind of had to lean in and, and, and hear what he was saying. Um, but uh, everybody knew what he was saying. And, 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 you know, 
they snapped to whatever whatever was going on with and Doyle's mind that's what was gonna happen yeah I, I think he you know Gordo kind of alluded to this I, I think he is kind of the last of a dying breed uh when it comes to that generation because the gap now is so wide right like uh, my generation barely knows what it's like for poker to be CD, and certainly like Landon's generation uh, only knows this game as uh, a competitive mind sport similar to chess, where you know we've taken all of the the seediness out of it, or at least the, a lot of the seediness out of it. Most, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> well, let's put it this way: the seediness has gotten a lot more sophisticated. Yeah, it developed. <laughs> yeah. Right, we're we're it's not we're not computerized seatiness now. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're not in the back of saloons with uh with with pea shooters on the on the table threatening each other's lives any longer. And now Doyle would talk about that often. He's more than one guy has been shot sitting next to him. Yeah, <laughs> in the, the old rounder days. Yeah, uh, and I, I just oh those stories. Wow. Yeah, I never had the pleasure of of meeting him or playing with him, but uh, I've probably played a thousand hours with Bobby Baldwin, and uh, like to to me, he's my Doyle, right? Like mm-hmm. the stories just never get old, and you can hear them a dozen times and still like pick up on a new detail that's just so outlandish. The the life that the road gambler, so to speak, was was living in the '60s and the '70s, uh, while this game was kind of you know being somewhat popularized and brought to the public eye it was a different life man and we have so much to thank them for because we just never make it to the robert vaconis and then to the whole card cams if it wasn't for them paving the way oh absolutely and uh it was and the brilliance of the early uh producers and the ones that we worked with as well they they understood that and they saw that live documentary happening uh before them every year um at benyons and later on at the rio and uh they had a they had a feel for the stories and for the characters that went along with it um and and just the i don't want to say romanticizing it but kind of telling it the way it is you know and people love to kind of go behind the curtain and see what's there uh, and that was a beauty where it was just everything coming together, of course, with Moneymaker and the whole cards, uh, cams and, and all the money and because of the fields and then the stories behind these guys and, you know, every poker story you've ever heard from any poker player, I'm sure Doyle and his buddies have, have lived it. And, uh, so that was a beauty because this, this was a Hollywood script, uh, that was writing itself every year. And that just, you know, caught everyone by surprise and, and caught their imagination. And yeah, yeah, obviously it's changed through the years, but, um, he's obviously, you know, the lead dog and, and, and all of that. And that was, I was wondering, I, I'd throw this question back at you is like, is there anybody in the current generation It probably have to be a little older generation who would be like a Doyle uh, at this point, playing the big cash games, get playing the golf. I, I don't know all of those players in that world. The only one that came to mind for me is, is Ben Lamb. He, he played a lot with Doyle, played a lot of golf and, you know, big money and all like that. I mean, are, are those kind of guys still around or, or, or yeah, new I, guys coming in who feel that? You know, for me, it was like, uh, like Mike Sexton's the first person who comes to mind who we sadly lost a couple yeah. of years ago. And that one hit a little bit harder to me because I, I knew Mike personally, uh, maybe not extremely well, but I knew him. And, 
<laughs> like you know you just get a touch of greatness whenever you're in in the presence of these guys because they have lived such a long life and they do have so much experience i think ben's a great example of uh the embodiment of doyle you know whenever you're talking about somebody who just gets gambling um but he's so young still right by comparison that it's difficult to know what the next 30 or 40 years are, are going to look like for him uh i guess as far as like people who have been around the game a longer period of time the the 30 40 50 year mark you look to guys like Negranu and and Helmuth and even Ivy to a certain degree. It's tough to it's tough to equate them to Doyle, not because they're not you know great gamblers and uh, you know a part of the the lifestyle and everything else, but more so because they were just um, they were the young generation when he was the the big dog, you know, and they they received so much fanfare and publicity and uh, you know benefits from the tv limelight that uh it's it's a different type of grit that doyle brought to the table and i don't know that anybody's ever going to be able to replicate that now yeah i agree i mean i mean he came from the real world you know and there's yeah. a lot of the new guys you know they're they're playing the online poker version and um the games you still see stories about big you know poker games for some reason getting busted you know certain states and all um but yeah it's not the same i mean they were really you know creating a path that, that nobody had trod on before and i'm not sure that could happen uh or be very rare if it could happen uh again in that same sense i think there's going to be different stories and different dramas and and different um personalities that are going to stand out and going to create great stories but Man, uh, there's no other Babe Ruth, you know, and uh, that was no, the analogy I was going to use. Doyle, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's our Babe Ruth. Yeah. He's our, uh, you know, whoever you want to talk about that's synonymous with kind of moving a sport ahead. Um, you know, it's kind yeah, of funny. Such yeah. a, I mean, that's such a the at the beginning of sport. I mean, Babe Ruth wasn't even there at the beginning of baseball. You know, and right. look how far it's come. And mm -hmm. same thing with boxing and uh, football, still kind of. But those guys. There's, there's nobody who's really been there from the get-go, like Doyle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really uh, key point to, to hone in on, that not only was he there at the beginning, but uh, he was ever-present at the end, too. And mm -hmm. th that's probably the most remarkable part. It wasn't like he was shying away from media attention in his waning years. It, quite the opposite, right? We're, we're going to be lucky enough to get... Uh, a biopic, a documentary, an audiobook, these things that are, you know, otherwise just like lost in his legacy if if he's not cooperative to tell these stories uh, on the record. Exactly. And I know uh, that um, Jamie Kerstetter told me last summer that she had been spending time with them uh, to do such a, a, a documentary. Uh, I'm not sure where it was going to end up or not, but she was spending time with Doyle and just felt blessed that, that she was able to spend that time uh with him and uh i hope we get to hear some of the stories that he didn't maybe want to tell publicly so much yeah uh about those early rounders days and uh, that uh, you know hope somewhere there's a tell our tell all a truthful one some all yeah and yeah Dewey Tomko might have some too yeah yeah, I, I was I was hoping that we could get Phil and Dewey on here. I think they're hosting something here shortly thereafter, so I encourage everybody to go check it out. Dewey's actually from uh, the Pittsburgh area. I met him 
in texas oh, really? okay yeah i met him in texas maybe five years ago uh he's he's f from like not very far away from where brian and i grew up so a uh, little little bit of you know hometown ties there mm -hmm. big al also he's from wilkinsburg oh really yeah uh i'm not sure if you know who big al is or not lon but he's a, he's a legendary gambler uh he, he runs around in that baldwin circle he's he's around the same age and just a legendary gambler a uh, lot of a lot of wild stories around big al but uh oh he made the he made the final table of the uh million dollar event with perkins a few years back oh right okay okay what did josh aria say here what was that is my internet as bad as it looks when I oh yeah it's, mm -hmm. it's 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 awful you're, but that's yeah, okay we hear you we hear you crystal yeah, the clear the voice is coming in good just not just not the or the video we'll keep josh's tweet up there i'm gonna see him next week play golf with him next week is it probably oh yeah yeah and that's what's nice is that the the guys of today have a very good idea of who doyle is and, and what he has brought to the game so it's nice there as i mentioned when the applause that we'd seen for doyle uh you know it's heartfelt and people understand what he is to the game and that's really nice even for today's players yeah i agree i'm looking forward to hearing more of the stories kind of come out from from bobby's room from the golf course as uh more and more people will start to share uh really appreciate <laughs> you, you stopping here about his did you see the one about his escalade yes oh yeah 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 <laughs> where, <laughs> where he had quote unquote retired from poker and then went back to bobby's room for 60 days straight only to buy an escalade yeah. and mm -hmm. then thank all yep. the players i'm telling you man the guy kept up with the times because that's some shit that we would do mm -hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> there was uh, uh, sorry about my internet i don't know what's going on uh, anyway, don't sweat that's no, good as long as we hear you you're you're, you're good uh yeah, you're gonna be are, are you gonna be back out here for the series uh gee i've got a little tournament called the tournament of the champions to play in on okay 30 uh that's right so you are ring there. you are a ring yeah. uh ring winner aren't you <laughs> yes you guys are very nice to me this year so i uh, appreciate that so yeah, if you have any advice on that, you can DM me on uh, how to approach a, a tournament where everyone is winners. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I've never played one of those. That'll be really easy. We're going to have a simple balanced range line. You're going to play aces and 10 deuce. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's an easy Very game, nice. you know? I'll do it. I'll do it. We're looking forward to seeing you this summer. <laughs> I you hope guys. to uh, I, I hope to either be at a final table that you call or maybe join you in the booth at some point. Yep. Love to. That'd be fantastic. Hope so. Thank you very much for including me and in, in what is a, a somber day, but a wonderful day to, to remember as well. Yeah. Thanks for the stories, Lon. Thank thanks, you. Lon. All right, guys. Take care. Bye, guys. You too. I want to get out of here on uh, a, a final story that Ben Lamb shared yesterday. I think that this is uh, kind of like what I was hopeful to hear uh, to hear some of. Ben said that he, <laughs> I, I texted him and I said, do you want to come on and like, you know, uh, talk a little bit about Doyle? He goes, I think I shot my shot with that tweet. That's, that's pretty much all I got, but, uh, it, it's, it's worth reading in my opinion because it's a really great story. So mm -hmm. Ben tweeted, uh, Doyle had a 64 degree wedge that had reworked the grooves to be less than legal. Something <laughs> everyone used back in the day. He called it his old groovy. Heard legends of this wedge spinning backwards <laughs> out or downhill lies in the rough. Uh, he would destroy, destroy a ball in one pitch shot. About 10 years ago, he was telling me about it, and I asked him if he played golf anymore. He said, no, nah, not really. I then asked if I could have it. Told him I would give old Groovy a good home. He said, sure. 
Knowing how forgetful poker players can be, I threw him three black chips. He said, no, 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 it's yours for free. I said, no, this is for the wedge. Every time I see you and you haven't given me the wedge, you have to give me one black chip back. He laughed and said, I'll bring it tomorrow. We were playing again the next day, so I assumed I would get it then. He forgot it. We all laughed, and I needled him as I collected my first black chip. He forgot it about 15 more times <laughs> after that. I really wasn't wanting the black chips. I wanted old Groovy. <laughs> During the next couple of years, it was probably about 4K total that I had collected. Jesus. I'd be at dinner at Bellagio and just swing by the poker room to see if he was there to collect another black chip. <laughs> he would get so tilted, it was great. <laughs> One day, he brought in three to four other clubs, including his prize putter. He had lost Old Groovy. Couldn't find it. I finally let him buy out of the deal, but I would give all those black, chip ba black chips back for that wedge. Uh, and I think that story like really does embody what the, the gambling culture is like and why Lon kind of leaned on Ben as an example of uh, somebody who is our generation's version of Doyle to some degree, right? Like it didn't start off as anything other than a generous gift. And then it turns into Ben kind of finding like an edge here <laughs> where Doyle paid 10K for not giving him a gift. You know, I wouldn't have realized that Ben Boo was our generation's Doyle until we were at a party and he walks up, he was walking up to people and Ben Boo was so drunk. You just see his red lips. He's drank at least three bottles and he's like, I'll play you with one arm behind my back, left-handed. On one foot or something like that for five thousand, <laughs> and at he's what? at pool. Okay, and he's just walking around offering it to everybody. <laughs> and it was like, yo, this man's a hustler. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not as drunk as you think, and he's better at pool than you yes, think. Exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, I I <laughs> I say this hesitantly, but I hope I'm around <laughs> after Benba so I can memorialize him properly. So, <laughs> there are, there are going to be some fantastic stories that Man, emerge, I'm sure. I couldn't imagine all these stories that Doyle really does have, like, coming up in, through Texas and I, stuff. I'm sure we'll only hear, like, 20% of them, We're too, not going right? to hear that many. Like, I think about it, like, I have a lot, and, like, because I, I came up through home games. Yeah. And, like, they weren't as seedy as back then. No. And yeah, they yeah. were still seedy. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. You can dude, only imagine. I can only imagine mm -hmm. how far back those stories go. Like, yeah. how good... My God. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I know that all of the members were looking forward to a giveaway. Obviously, we had to push that back with the passing of Doyle. Um, so we will be giving away an MTT Academy seat tomorrow. Um, in order to qualify, all you have to do is be here for the show and be a member to the YouTube site. If you're interested in joining, you can click the join button next to the software logo or click the link in the description below um we'll be doing a sort of contest uh trivia based tomorrow to give away that seat uh also if you haven't already a new episode of poker out loud is up on our site you can check that out at solverwide.io and finally we do have one seat remaining to the mtt academy you can head over to academy.solverwide.io if you're interested in signing up Go ahead and click the banner above for more information. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate you guys supporting us during uh, this memorial for Doyle. Uh, very sad day for the poker world. And we send our best to Todd, Pam, and the rest of the family. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, noon Pacific. We'll see you guys then. Later. Well, I related uh, my gambling, learning to play poker, just 
on a scale just like you were going to school. I started out playing in small games, which would kind of be the equivalent of going to grade school. And then I graduated up to a little bit bigger game. And then I finally began to decide to be a professional. I traveled around the country. And then finally, when you get in graduate school, you go, you go to Vegas and you're ready. Take the world on.